Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And today I'm excited to be speaking with Nicole Christina. She's a psychotherapist and the host of the Zestful Aging Podcast. And she's going to talk about how to increase health and age gracefully. Um, I love this topic because so many of us as we get older feel like we're old and we don't have to feel that way. Um, you know, we are getting older, but let's, let's, be, let's really be realistic about what we can do to stay healthy, and there's so much we can do. Um, and in my almost 11 years as a life and dating coach, um, I really love helping women own their value. This has been become like my most favorite thing, and part of owning, owning your value is also working on your health, your mental health, your physical health, your well-being, making sure that you prioritize you so that you can end up prioritizing somebody else in your life. But if you're not taking care of yourself, you really can't be in a healthy relationship with others. So I'm excited to be talking about this topic. And I call this a woman of value. A woman of value is the woman who attracts in all healthy relationships, not just not just romantic ones, it's, it's your friendships, it's your children, it's about the ones with your coworkers. So if you would like to attract in toe-curling epic love, um, I want you to hear the tip of the week, and today's tip is dare to think big. So if you want to be a woman of value, you want to really think bigger about your life. I I used to think so small about everything in my life. I I didn't want to dream too big because I would be too disappointed if it didn't happen. And I found that that kept me really small. And so a big part of my growth after my divorce was to start thinking bigger. And in fact, my first website was called A Bigger Pond because I really wanted everybody to think bigger and to be the, the little fish in the big pond, it's much easier, it's much harder than being the big fish in the little pond. Um, so we're going to get to Nicole's interview in just a minute, but I just wanted to let you know that if you're not already a member of my awesome private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, I invite you to join us. The conversation there is positive and supportive. It's always interesting. Um, Every topic comes up from people who are in committed relationships after 40 to people who are struggling with dating. So if you want a safe space that's heavily monitored, um, I have seven monitors, one for every day of the week because I can't possibly manage the group by myself. We have, oh, about like 2,500 women in there now. Um, so it's, there's no man bashing. There's no, it doesn't go off the rails like many other groups do. So please join us if you would like to Improve your relationships. And now for our guest, Nicole Christina. She is a licensed social worker. She has been a practicing psychotherapist for over 25 years. She's also a podcaster and a blogger. And she loves to teach her online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits to Increase Health and Longevity. Longevity. 
It's based on the Harvard study of adult development, the longest study on aging to date. Her podcast, Vestal Aging, focuses on the triumphs and challenges of aging, and I was honored to be a guest a little while ago. So join me now for episode number 315, Simple and Sustainable Habits to Increase Health and Longevity. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. It's so nice to be on the other side. Yes, I love having you and I love being on your show. We got into a juicy topic of resilience and uh, just, wow, it was, it was, we went deep. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah. fun and we laughed, which was important. Yes. Well, so let's laugh yes, some more indeed. today and share some okay. really good stuff. Okay. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, I always like to know how somebody got into the topic that really they're passionate about now. So how how did you get so interested in studying aging? That's a great question, and um, it, it's multifaceted, but I got interested in it because my clients are aging right along with me, and they're asking questions like, what happens now? I, I, um, I have a lot of teachers in my practice, I think they're under extraordinary stresses these days. So I have a lot of teachers, and they can um, start to look at retirement in their 50s, mid-50s, and they're starting to say to me, wow, you know, what do I do now? I'm really good at my job, but, uh, you know, I have a whole new phase coming up. My children are launched, and things look really different, and I feel like I am lost in the woods without a map. So the questions, I think, started uh, changing in my sessions, um, and I also became, you know, uh, older, as it seems to happen, and I started asking <laughs> questions of myself. My son's going off to college in the fall, and my life has radically changed, and I thought, you know, I've been a psychotherapist for 25 years, focusing on some very, very difficult um, issues, particularly around eating disorders and body and, and, and that. And I wanted to do something kind of fresh, like a new, a new phase and use the skills that I already had in terms of interviewing and, um, and being interested in people and their motivation. And my tech person said to me, you know, one day you should start a podcast. And being who I am, I thought, why one day? Why not now? Uh, so um, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure for me. I've met people virtually all over the world talking about things I love to talk about, more substantive things than, you know, just like, you know, what colors look good on graying hair. But we get pretty deep, um, and I get to talk about, you know, I get to invite people all over the world, and it's been an absolute uh, a growth process for me. And, and then I can bring that back into session with my clients. And, you know, I feel like we're kind of on a parallel process. So, mm. um, so it's both because my clients were asking and um, I was curious about it for my own life. And also, you know, it's a funny thing. I, I'm a tennis player and I would hear women in their mid-50s say, oh, I can't get that ball. I'm too old. And that just struck mm-hmm. me as a really not a healthy attitude. So I really dove into the research and found that indeed those kinds of comments or those kind of perspectives really make a difference in how we age. 
So true. I mean, I love everything you said, but I, I love hearing your passion around this topic. And it's it's very alive as opposed to some of the heavier work that you were doing, which is life-changing, but it can also be so heavy. And mm-hmm. this is like, wow, look at, look what's possible here. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 so, I so yeah. agree with you about the, the comments that people make. And I felt it when I was 39. And I had moved to Connecticut, and I was watching women who were younger than I was, probably like five years younger, who were walking like they had the weight of the world on them. And I was like, oh, my God, are we old now? Like, what happened? Mm -hmm. I was 39 years old. Like, I felt Mm -hmm. so young. And all these people are like, I'm old. And I see it with dating, Mm -hmm. too, like these men who say, I'm an old man. And I'm like, what? Like, why are you saying things like this? This is... I mean, yes, we're getting older, but to put a label on it, like, well, you know, who would want to date an old person like me? Mm-hmm. Um, you were going to say something before and I cut you off. No, I mean, and I don't want to sugarcoat it because there is there is a movement. I mean, of course, there's all these little, you know, people have all these uh, ideas and thought they have a lot of commentary on what does it mean to get older and there's ageism and it's hard and you know our bodies don't look the same things are grouping that didn't used to dry. I mean it's it, it's not for the thin skinned as uh, somebody right. once said but there's also like I am delighted that I can now do a podcast because my kid is I don't have to be running around after him. I mean, there's this world of opportunity that's really mind-blowing. And, yeah, do I not look as good in my tennis skirt? You better believe it. There's veins. There's bumps. There's weird skin stuff. (laughs) I still wear my tennis skirt because that's the best way to play, you know. So I think there's got to be a little bit of, you know, you gotta have a little chutzpah around. Damn right, <laughs> damn right. I'm I'm playing. Damn right, I'm gonna get that ball. I think, and maybe that's my social worker self that just I will refuse to buy into. Like, if you don't have dyed hair or if you don't have uh, perfect skin, nobody's gonna love you. I mean, my first, you know, I just get really pissy around that kind of stuff. So maybe I just have the, you know, I have the right disposition in a way to be, you know, post middle age because I just don't accept what largely the culture is saying about what happens when women get older. I just don't buy it. Mm. Me neither. I, I, in, <laughs> and what's right. interesting, yeah, I mean, so, you know, here's the thing. It is it's so much mindset and I I personally have a lot of, compassion for myself a lot more than I had when I was younger like when I would look at my teenage daughters when they were teenagers and they would obsess over a pimple and Mm. you know a a little tiny spot on a shirt that nobody was going to see but them and and it was just like Mm. really nobody's paying that close attention to you and yeah we wish they were you go like yeah, right, exactly. And you go like I, I I remember the day that I could look in the mirror and say that looks pretty good. Like, you stand back far enough. But <laughs> love the whole that. picture pretty looks good. pretty good, right? It's pretty, pretty good. good. And, um, instead yeah. of, let me let me analyze that little thing, and oh, my God, a new wrinkle. And, and so you're mm-hmm. putting all the focus on things that you can't control instead of, like, 
I'm pretty happy with who I am and what I've accomplished and what I look like. And um, But it, one thing that really changed for me was my arms. I uh, hated yeah. my arms. Hated. Yeah, that's and a my tough. Kids, right? And it's tough. like a big thing that women struggle with. And when I, I was, I was like 45 and my, I drive a stick shift and my kids, would look Uh-oh. at me changing gears and they'd go, oh, oh my no, God, mom, your arm flaps. Now, I weigh probably 15 to 20 pounds less than I do today. Oh, so my flaps gosh. were not as flappy as they are today. Oh, gosh. And I became mortified. I never walked out in sleeveless. I covered my arms all the time. Now, I wear sleeveless. I don't really I love care. It. I rock sleeveless. what I got. <laughs> Right. Go sleeveless. Well, you know, right. it's interesting you talk about wrinkles because I think about the women I've met um, and not only my friends, but like people who, and, and you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've shared this with me, like the resilience and, you know, getting through some really dark times. And people talk about this, you know, with me. Um, and they're doing these things that are, all I can say, are just beautiful. I mean, they are adding value to the world. They're, you know, they're big-hearted, big-spirited, bright, you know. And I think I got more to think about than, you know, if my crow's feet have more, you know, toes on them or something, mm-hmm. you know. I just, like, I'm so it's changed my life being able to talk to these women all over the world. Although I have to tell you, I'm speaking to someone in Australia today. This is the third time because the fact that they're not only ahead, but a day ahead plus a half an hour. Right. I, right. Can, I, I just could not. I mean, my brain just couldn't do it. This woman has been so patient. But to think that like she's, you know, she's doing this really progressive thing with aging. And I'm like, this is so much more interesting than if I have more crow's feet. I just, mm-hmm. time is precious. And yes. I don't know, it, I, I, I'm just much more interested in quality experiences. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I met a woman once at an event that I spoke at for women over 50, and I was doing follow-up calls with a lot of women, and this woman was, probably about 75. And she said, I am a tra- I only want to date men who have a full head of hair. And I was like, mm-hmm. what's with that? Really, like that's mm-hmm. one of your must-haves? So a lot mm-hmm. of people are so caught up in the outside appearance and all the external approval and mm-hmm. you think you have to look mm-hmm. good and can't have a pot belly because that's not, that's not good. And I'm like, not sexy one of my clients enough. who no, and I had a client who that was on her must-have list that no pot belly, and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. you, you're gonna want to lighten up on that one. And she oh well, I would call those is, Kardashian values. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, love I it. <laughs> it, it's just if you want to go there, what I would ask you to do is fast forward to when your health is failing. And Mm -hmm. if you have someone who doesn't have a pot belly, I hope they also, and they might be tender and caring and loving. Um, But if you're trading that for no pot belly, you know, if you're trading that for no no pot belly, then um, that's 
that's a hard hard lesson to learn when when you mm-hmm. really need something else. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we got to I mean that's uh, to me one of the beauties of aging is that we if we have evolved, we have perspective and we have wisdom that we didn't have when we were younger. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the positives of aging and, mm-hmm. and what you wish women knew more about like aging. Mm. Well, I want to, sure, Um, but I did want to put like a little research uh, highlight on what you were saying about attitude and mindset earlier, and that actually Mm. what the research shows, and this is, uh, you know, uh, very, very rigorous research, that your attitude can make a seven and a half year difference on your life. So if you are you know, sort of dreading aging and envisioning yourself sort of decrepit and and unable to do things you want. That, you know, our cells are all talking to each other. This isn't Mm -hmm. like hippie stuff. This is basic, you know, communication. Um, The whole thing's connected. So if you're, you know, if you're constantly sort of envisioning like, oh, this is going to be bleak, that's what you're going to end up with. So I think what I'd really like to ask your listeners to consider is what are you saying to yourself about aging? You know, what do you tell yourself? Oh, I'm old. Oh, she's older, you know, to really watch because we're, uh, it's all around us and we're living in, especially in the States where older people, wisdom is not revered. In fact, it's like the worst repugnant thing you could be is old, uh, old with a mm-hmm. pot belly, of course. Um, and, you know, so it's just something to really, just really watch ourselves, you know, what we tell ourselves about our age. Is this about age or is it because maybe I didn't warm up before I played tennis, so I'm stiff and can't get the ball? Let's really think about what, you know, the messages that we're sending and are we being ages towards ourselves? So those that's mm. a very important I mean, it seems kind of vague and maybe people are like, oh, you know, I don't know. You know, I can certainly direct you to the research. So I would really start there is what do I say to myself about, oh, here's another birthday. Now I'm, you know, if it's a big one, 60, 65, 70 or whatever, what am I saying? Is this the beginning of the end? Is this, you know, people are, I won't tell my age. I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I say I'm 40 when I, you know, things like that. So yeah. Something and yeah. It's crazy. The queen of this, I mean, people these do questions. It at 20. Yeah, right? something's like, wrong. Oh, I'm, and I don't want to celebrate my birthday. I can't believe I'm 20. And I'm like, oh, my God. Really? It's yeah. that young? And you have 65 years left to live. So I right? uh, hope you figure that out. Because that's going to be a, a long, hard <laughs> birthday. Yeah. 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 So the person that I really love and I had the opportunity to interview, one of those pinch me moments is Ashton Applewhite. And she really is the queen of anti-ageist advocacy and she has a beautiful book uh, called this chair rocks so if anybody's interested and she also has a a nice website and really has taken this uh, upon herself to call out literature movies commercials just the whole cultural thing of look this is ageist and and once you see it you can't unsee it that they're commercials that make fun of older people as, you know, unable or not sexy or stupid or invisible. And we got to 
we got to stop that. Mm. But I think I, I, I think digress. me to her. Yeah, she has a TED Talk. Yeah, and she's funny. She's got a, she was a main stage TED Talker in Vancouver, got a standing ovation, and she's funny Mm -hmm. too. So I know Mm -hmm. you and I appreciate that. So you wanted to talk about health. Um, So, you know, I I, I do this in my um, online course and um, talk, you know, talk, weave it in on the podcast. But most people um, really focus on food diet and exercise. And those are important things. We don't want to be eating stuff that our body doesn't recognize as as food, you know, the hot pockets, the fruit roll-ups, you know, Mike Pollan would say, if your grandmother doesn't, wouldn't recognize it, don't eat it. It's not supposed to be a chemical soup, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Get yourself some vegetables and, you know, if you eat meat, fine, but try to make it, uh, recognizable and that the sun has touched in one way or the other. Um, and so, um, you know, the the thing is like everyone's an expert on Facebook. There's smoothies, there's cleanses, there's keto, there's green juices, there's all this stuff. And people get really wrapped up on, in it because it's easy to control. And we all want a formula to, you know, to say, oh, this is healthy or this is going to help me lose weight or whatever. Um and um, also with exercise, so people get very rigid around exercise and say, oh, I have to go to the gym and do my, or my soul cycle, and I have to do it five times a week, and then we know that's not sustainable after you, you know, kind of get off the um, the pattern, and then you can't go, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no. Um, so we really want to think about balance and I'll get to that in a minute, but what might surprise your listeners is, and this has been demonstrated by research over and over and over again, the most important thing in helping you age well is your social connections. You have got to be connected with your people, your herd, your tribe, your whatever you want to call it. There has to be a sense of belonging because we are mammals. You know, yeah, we can make an iPhone, we can make really great things, but evolutionary, our brain is still, it's a mammalian brain and mammals need connection and mammals need to feel part of the tribe. Loneliness has the same uh, health concerns as smoking. And so there's an epidemic out there. We, we see it um, all over the world. Uh, the U.K. is really trying to address it in different ways. And, and, and there's uh, initiatives in New York to just even virtual checking in. But if you have your kids are launched, you are, uh, don't have a partner or your, whatever, that relationship is not a good one, that hurts. Um, your your physiology and your mental health substantially. So I know we want to say, oh, I'm going to have a kale smoothie and add years to my life, or I, you know, I just did a triathlete kind of workout. That's fine. Um, although I'm very sensitive to that because I've worked with eating disorders for so long, so it can go beyond healthy and get obsessive pretty quickly. But I would really ask your um, listeners to say, where am I going to get my dose of 
of social interaction. Now, what just came out, which is new research, which surprised me, is it doesn't even have to be intimate, super lovey relationships. Um, I just came upon some research that talked about having a brief conversation with a checkout person at your grocery store, with your mail carrier, with your neighbor, with, you know, the person um, who cuts your lawn. These little connecting um, contacts are life-affirming and kind of feed us at the level that we are meant to be fed. It's kind of funny to think about But if you wonder what's healthy, think about where we came from, and that is the herd. I know it sounds kind of funny. People are like, oh, come on, you know. But, like, I am no fan of fast food. I just, I don't even like the taste of it, and there's so many problems with it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have French fries or if you have a hankering for Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, Beating yourself up for eating a, a what, what do they call Boston cream donut is worse for you than the actual donut. So lighten mm-hmm. up on the food, eat fresh things, eat colorful things, enjoy. Don't eat stuff you don't like. I once had a client, and I used her as an example because it was so so funny. She eats Greek yogurt every day, and I just offhandedly said, "You must really like Greek yogurt." She said, "No, I hate it." But it's really good for you. <laughs> oh no! How is that healthy? There's a lot out there. So the idea is to, you know, as you started with, you know, give yourself a break if you want a donut, eat a donut. But then mm-hmm. eat beautiful greens and fresh foods, and don't worry so much. But get the social connection. That's your priority. Yeah, I mean that's so important, and I, I mean it's the same dating advice I give to my clients because a lot of people are waiting for that big interaction, the big romantic interaction. It has to be only with one person. And the best way Mm. to prepare yourself for your true love is to be connecting with people on a regular basis. You know, when I take walks with my son, we have a little game we play to see how many people we can get to say hi back to us. And um, he's like, Score. I got another one. Because <laughs> you get the ones who are not looking at you, who are like walking oh, with their headphones in. Oh, that's double points for that, right? Double points. I know. I don't even try with those. And he's like, yeah, I got them. So it's great. It does make yeah. you feel good. It fills you up. And, you know, it's subtle, but it's, it's you know, if you spend too much time alone, you can really feel that sort of gnawing and I get a lot of this I mean you know it's funny because I do a lot of reading and research and I fancy myself pretty uh, you know uh, accomplished in my career and all of this stuff but where I get a lot of filling up is at the swimming hole with my dog it's not talking about you know psychotherapeutic you know this or that or um, it's it's there's this uh, park that I go to that's not far. We're in upstate New York and there are people there swimming their dogs and we're just kind of shooting the breeze and laughing about this or making jokes about Trump or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like sweet. There's just a sweetness about it. And then 15 minutes later you go and you do your day, but it's like, 
I see you, you see me, we're part of this community, we're doing the same things, our life have, has, you know, has a parallel feel to it. It's important to us to get our dogs exercised. Isn't it pretty here? We're lucky we have this, you know, I mean, there's all of these mm-hmm. uh, kind of underlying uh, uh, pieces or parts of connection. Yeah, yeah. not so alone. It's, it's, Right, and it's it doesn't have to always be intense. In fact, it would burn you out if it was only these intense conversations, mm-hmm. right? So it's we need oh, we need lightness. We need to have these these lighter ways of connecting with people. And I see my mom is eighty six, and she's one of the most vibrant among her friends. She's she's kind of bored right now because she's in that me, mixed up sort of medium neither here nor there place where her husband passed away. Her second husband died a few years ago. So she's widowed. Her friends are either really falling apart and can't do as much as she wants to do. She's still driving and traveling. And her younger friends are still working. So she, she's looking, she's kind of kind in of this mixed limbo. up place. Yeah, and I keep you know telling what? her to go go yeah. to meetups, go to do meet more people because you your when your life changes, you have to make a transition too. You can't just stay the same and wonder why you, everything didn't change with you, right? What do you have to say about that? About these? Well, I was going to say, you know, where I found like a really vibrant group that are in your mom's age is at the Senior Olympics. So I played in the New York mm. Senior Olympics. And before you're impressed, oh, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> a lot of people don't show up. So the joke is I won a silver medal, but, you know, not a lot of people showed up. So basically uh. everyone won a medal, but it's, you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so, but there's a, they, so I did a little talk for them. They had a DJ and they had, and a lot of them came up from downstate, which is interesting. And they had a dinner just to celebrate the athletes and the people. And mm-hmm. and um, boy, were they they were dancing and they were having a ball. And you know, they're doing athletic stuff, but it's not all super strenuous. Some of them are doing table tennis, shuffleboard, these kind of things, but there was such a camaraderie there and they're walking around with their medals around their neck and it was just a delightful scene and really valuing this vitality. Um even mm. though you're, you know, in middle to late um sort of post post middle age group. Yeah. Yeah. What a cool idea. It was very. I I have a a friend who lost his wife a few years ago, and he was really depressed. And he said all of his friends are either in relationships or, you know, also not available to socialize. And I said that you still have all the same friends that you had when you were married to your wife. Like, what have you done to change your social situation? You know, and so instead of finding new friends, he just felt bad. And so he got really immersed at work and would stay from early in the morning to late at night as a, as a therapist. Mm. He was so burnt out. And I said, you, you're killing yourself. You've got to, you've got to expand your social circles. Um, so yes, I totally agree with you. There's so many good points here. And um, Nicole, um, <laughs> we are at the end of our time together. So mm-hmm. tell our audience, Um, where they can find you and how they can Mm -hmm. listen to your podcast and all the good stuff. 
Sure. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff on NicoleChristina.com. And um, so I have an online course that's kind of a companion to um, the podcast, which is Zestful Aging. And I have some really fun guests. I mean, you know, my my idea of fun, but people doing a lot of stuff <laughs> around the world, um, people doing dog rescue. I went to a, a prison and I interviewed inmates who are rehabilitating uh, re- uh, rescue dogs um, mm. and uh, just all over the world. Uh, been very fortunate to collaborate with the International Federation of Aging, interviewing some of their folks, doing some excellent work and, you know, writing, traveling, just just doing interesting stuff. I have someone who's an expert fly fisher woman who does something with a casting for recovery, which is people with cancer. So it's a real interesting cross section of just the theme though, is people doing thoughtful, inspiring things over middle age. And so I look at their projects with them and I talk to them about what it's like for them to age. So that's, but that's it. That's, that's my pet project right now. And, but you can find all my, my stuff on on NicoleChristina.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I love what yeah. you're up to. I think just to have this kind of inspirational podcast is so important, and the work you do is crucial for our aging population. We're, we're, we're living longer, and so mm-hmm. you're helping us live better. And thank you oh, for thank that. Well, thank you. It's, it's my pleasure. Yeah. So um, now we've been on each other's podcast. We have to see what's coming yes, up Yes, I like that. cross <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> thanks again, Nicole. And thanks, mm-hmm. everybody, Thank- for listening today. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. And if you love our podcast, please go to wherever you listen to it, iTunes, FM Player, Google Play, um, just pretty much everywhere. And and rate us and review us because that helps bring more listeners to our show. And don't forget to join Your Last First Date, my Facebook group. And I hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.